Hey, welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, Senior Editor at Light Reading. And I'm Jamie Lenderman, Research Manager at Omdia. And I'm Mike Dano, another Light Reading Editor. Well, how's everybody doing? We're here in Denver at Cable Tech Expo 2003. And uh, we're kind of like right in the middle of everything of the show, right in the midst of it. Um, and I think the first question I wanted to talk about when we do this wrap up of what we've seen so far is like, what are the initial impressions of the show and the vibe? I mean, it's, it's very active and it feels a little uh, like there's some, some little excitement in the air, if you can even call it that. Yeah, I would use the word buzzy. That's what comes to mind when when I'm thinking about what's going on. There's a lot of people. We've had fantastic light reading breakfast. It's been standing room only. And I'm very sorry to the folks that were not able to to participate in the breakfast due to the capacity. But, you know, they they don't make the the fire, the fire capacity rules. So. Yeah, we, we were kind of stuck on that one, I think. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. but. It was fantastic. We had seven panelists um, and a keynote. Is that, from, a, is that a record? I, I think so, ever in, in world history. I think it's a, I think it's a record. Biggest panel ever in the history of the world. Yes, and then we had a fantastic keynote from Rob Howell at, at Comcast and uh, heard some exciting announcements from Comcast while, you know, during the show. Good, well, and then, uh, but as far as like, Mike, you were at, my Mobile World Congress, Vegas, not long ago. So give us your compare and contrast of, of the two shows because uh, it's great for you to come out to the uh, cable event. So we're happy to have you for one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this this show is a lot more buzzy. Is that the right? Buzzy. buzzy. Yes. This show is a lot more buzzy than the MWC Vegas show was just a few weeks ago in Vegas. Um, that show floor was not not nearly as big. There's not nearly as many people, and the the vibe certainly was a lot more, a lot lower compared to this show here this week. It was it's quite quite noticeable between the two shows. Okay. Great, and I thought one thing um, is I want to talk, Mike, a little bit about the uh, the open ran stuff that you've been sitting in on and checking out. Uh, like one thing I think Jamie and I have been uh, tracking for quite a while is the evolution of. You know, the Oxus 4.0 and DAA, distributed access architecture, and the evolution towards that. It feels like we've been talking about it for many, many years. And I think the show, at least with the suppliers, are like, there's always kind of this hurry up and, and wait scenario. Then the pandemic happened, some stuff got mothballed. But it feels like this year, we'll talk about some of the announcements, but like the year when Doxus 4.0 kind of became real. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there's a lot of confidence with operators who have really rolled out their strategies and are really in um, execute like they're executing that strategy right now. And I think what's been great about this show in particular is the operators have booths, um, so you can really see you know some of the technology and the future of their you know off service offerings and what connectivity they want to bring to their subscribers. And one thing on the operator booths, I went to the um, the Vestima booth, and they had the uh, Gap node, and they brought one, and apparently uh, Charter wanted it, so Charter took it to their booth. <laughs> so they're very happy to hand it off, you know. So. Well, that's the best way to fill your booth is just to wait till everybody else brings brings their equipment, and right. yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then Mike on uh, Open Ran. So there was like a whole track, I guess, dedicated to it. I don't know if you had the you did the whole thing, but Tell us a little bit about Open RAN and kind of where it 
uh, connects into the the world of cable and, and what were some of your impressions of what was talked about this week? Yeah. Yeah, it was surprising to have so much discussion about Open RAN at a, you know, primarily cable event. Um, I mean, it makes sense to hear about 5G and mobile and that kind of stuff. But really, even in the wireless industry, Open RAN is a very small part of it. There's a lot of discussion going on right now, but, you know, in the broad scheme of things, Open RAN is a very small part of the mobile industry. So to have it play a big role here at the cable show is a little bit interesting, but it actually kind of makes sense because... Cable Labs is uh, is very involved in Open RAN and uh, serves as one of the testing centers for Open RAN networks. Um, and there's just a lot going on in Open RAN right now, so there's a lot to talk about. So the session yesterday, we heard from Ericsson, we heard from Avenir, um, a lot of the players in the space. And um, there's still a lot of uh, discussion about when it'll hit the big time. Uh, the consensus is not very soon. <laughs> Uh, but it, but but there is there there's movement on it. I mean, Dish has an open RAN network up and running. Verizon is putting open RAN specifications into its network. Uh, Rakuten is out there in Japan. Like there's there's definite definitely steps forward in the open RAN space. It's it's just uh, uh, sort of a wait and see. It's it's there. Everybody's sort of waiting to see when that market will actually start accelerating and really create major opportunities for those involved. Right. Now, as far as cable's involvement, yeah, right, you said Cable Labs is doing some work around that. Um, from the operator side, what would, what kind of expectation would you even consider for them? Is it because, you know, uh, they're obviously getting into mobile and wireless, you know, through the MVNOs, but some of them also have their own core networks, and, you know, they're going to do CBRS and, and things like that. Is that where it would fit in, or uh, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out, like, how it would fit? Yeah. That would make sense. In fact, uh, uh, we've wrote it, we've written a story recently about the network that Comcast is building with their supplier Samsung in the CBRS spectrum band, and that equipment does not have Open RAN interfaces in it, which kind of makes sense based on what they're using. They have like an integrated radio, so there's like no reason to use Open RAN specifications because it is a closed one single unit radio. There's no interfaces needed. Um, so right now, the, the actual caper operators like Comcast are not pursuing Open RAN in a big way. But I think as, as they start to add more mobile components into their network, I would not be surprised at all to see Comcast, Charter, Cox start to use Open RAN components or make, you know, sort of a, a, a statement about their support of Open RAN just based on the activities at Cable Labs and the fact that it's such a, you know, it's a, it's a topic that people are talking about so much. Okay. Great. I did, I did get a, um, I think I was, of the three of us, I probably spent the most time at the uh, the opening general sessions. Uh, the one today was interesting with um, Michael Powell with NCTA, and uh, the discussion steered toward uh, the network neutrality rules and, and the SEC's new attempt to, uh, to restore them. And it felt like... Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's been through the, this uh, roller coaster ride. Like uh, this is like the the seventh time, I think we're we're kind of going through this. And he, I think his he called it uh, regulatory. Yeah, I'm already gonna mess it up. I better not say. But he he has some very uh, sharp words about it. Like basically, why are we wasting our time? You know, doing this. So uh, so I have a little story on that uh, coming up. And then the other thing I was thinking about with this show is like, um, yeah, you do have a lot of the engineers here. You have a lot of network hardware, but we also had uh, Zumo was here, which is that national 
uh, streaming joint venture of Comcast and Charter. And uh, it was kind of interesting to have a, uh, a streaming video platform here, kind of at a uh, uh, show that's very access network oriented, but we don't have the national cable show anymore. So I'm wondering like, if we're going to start seeing this show broaden its scope a little bit and, and kind of become Cable Tech Expo Plus, you know, to take a, a descriptor from the streaming world, you know, and, and maybe uh, have a, a broader industry event again. I, I don't know if that's going to happen or if it's needed, but uh, that was one of the other observations I had. But uh, any other things, any other big takeaways from the show? Yeah, for me, it's how much pawn is that we're seeing and in, in, uh, embracement of fiber uh, for operator strategies. A lot of uh, cable, uh, traditional cable vendors have really moved into the fiber space and have some really interesting solutions. Um, but also, you know, we're seeing vendors uh, come into the cable ecosystem that, you know, maybe traditionally were only on the telco side, sort of move into the cable side, um, sort of to capture some of that momentum that's happening. And uh, I think it's, um, I, I think it's a really interesting time. I think that's what's contributed to everything being so busy today. Uh, it's, but you know, like you said, Cable Labs has a lot of initiatives. 10 gig embraces PON and embraces fiber in the network along with Open RAN. And um, so it's, um, it, it's been a really good show. Okay. And I guess Mike, last thing, since uh, uh, it's nice to have Cable Tech Expo here in Denver, cause you know, you're, you're nearby and so am I. Um, next year it's in Atlanta and uh, you know, because home of uh, Cox Communications, right? And they've been kind of bouncing it between there and Philadelphia with Comcast and Charter has a huge presence here in uh, Denver. But based on, uh, you know, what, what you see and what you've uh, heard from the industry about mobile and wireless and, and kind of like the, the core focus of your beat, uh, you're going to come to Atlanta with us uh, next year, maybe? I would certainly like to. There's so much going on at this show that it certainly seems like it would be a, a worthwhile trip. And I do think that, um, I mean, you, you and I have both been writing about this a lot, the idea of convergence, yeah. you know, convergence with fiber, cable, and wireless. All those things are sort of starting to trend together. And so I think it makes a lot of sense for us to go to shows that are outside our traditional little tribes to see how that convergence is actually playing out. Right. That's right. We did have a panel. This, uh, the light reading breakfast was on converge convergence uh, as well. And uh, but you're right. It's kind of like uh, it's not the uh, cable quote unquote industry anymore, right? Because of uh, all the other. Like you, you mentioned Pond. We're talking wireless. So uh, more of an agnostic uh, industry. But uh, we'll have to see if the um, uh, the term cable continues to get extracted, you know, from the yeah. from the industry. Cable Labs is still Cable Labs, though, as we found out. Yes, yes, Cable Labs is Cable Labs, but they have a lot a lot going on. So, all right, well, I think that's going to wrap it from Cable Tech Expo. So, uh, we will catch you all later. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you.